You are now listening to FemRegard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Mmm. Fem. We're rolling. We're rolling. We're rolling. <laughs> Hello, season 16 of Hey, Fem Fam. <laughs> you guys know we do the most. Welcome back to a brand new season of We're back. FemRegard Podcast. <laughs> We're back. We're back. We're doing this. Season 16, we have over 150 episodes of Femmerguard Podcast, so if you're a new listener, welcome. Welcome. Go back, watch all of our episodes. No, but seriously, go back. Like We've got a lot of really, really great episodes with really, really great guests. If you want any recommendations, if you're into you know a certain um, part of filmmaking, like ask us. Let us know. Reach out. We always answer our DMs, emails, all of that. Or if you have a guest that you think would be great on the podcast, let us know that too. Yes. Well, I'm Carolina Alvarez. And I'm Tessa Markle. And we started our production company in 2018. And we just made our first feature film. Video, 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 sorry. Yeah, yo, my name is Carolina and I'm not a ballerina. I'm an actress, producer, filmmaker, or making a person. I can't rap. Yes. Ah, oh, sync, sync the movie on Instagram. Um, it is a sci-fi psychological thriller set in the near future where people are microchipped and have the ability through a new communications app, Sync, to mind sync. And we just shot a feature in 11 days. Full feature film. That's like 90 minutes in 11 days. That's what? like 10 pages a day. People said we couldn't do it. Yeah, people yeah. said we couldn't do it. People said we wouldn't pull it off. But guess what, y'all? We did. And we pulled it off on a very, very low budget of $50,000. And we're here to be super transparent with you guys always. We don't hold, we don't gatekeep. We don't keep our cards close to our chest we we made this show this podcast to share our filmmaking experiences um before we shot this feature we've done a couple shorts have worked on different sets uh we're actors we're producers we're filmmakers we do it all so we hope that in this episode we can talk to you a bit about sync the movie making it and share some things we learned along the way that hopefully you guys can learn from um, but I think your first question is, how on earth did we make a feature in 11 days? Well, um, we planned from the very beginning. So yeah. we started writing Sync. And by we, I mean mostly Carolina. But <laughs> we started working on the project about two years ago. So, you know, from the very beginning, we said we want to write a script that we're able to make ourselves. That means we have to be able to fund it ourselves. That means we have to be able to pull off anything in the script ourselves. Right. You know, all of that. So... We had a very small cast. We had very minimal locations. We have we do have some special like visual effects that'll be in post, but they're very minimal as well. So it was all things that we knew that we could get done, that we knew that we could accomplish, that we knew that we could pull off. Right. I think that's a really good thing to point out is you always want to have expectations that you know you can meet. So of course we know there were some things that we would be pushing ourselves in more than one way. But this stuff, the bare bones of the feature, you got to keep minimal locations when you're doing like a low budget film. And our, one thing, though, that we we were going to push ourselves to pull off was the page count to do 10 pages a day is pretty unheard of. Um, most people just shoot four to six. But uh, as everyone looks at us, it's really crazy. 
um, being really prepared and me as the director and actor, I just knew I had the mindset knowing that I'm going to do this feature. I'm going to move quickly. I'm not going to be super precious about every single take unless it's, it's not working. It's not selling what the emotion or what we set out to do. And I think a lot of directors want to have time to keep doing it again and again and again. But I was like, no, but hey, you can't make a feature then in 11 days yeah. <laughs> if you're going to want that time. So just know that if you're, if you want that kind of time, then you're going to have to budget for more and, you know, plan accordingly. But we were, I was like, nope, team, I promise we're going to be quick. We're going to be efficient. And well, our actors are going to be efficient. Yeah. And on yeah. top of that, even with their planning process with it, you know, making the shot list and everything, like you knew what shots you needed versus what shots you wanted. Right. You know, all that sort of thing. I had and my just, wish list shots is yeah, what I called them. Planning yeah. all of that out ahead of time. And I mean, we did a lot of planning and especially Carolina and our DP and associate director, you know, are having late night shot list meetings yeah. and everything. Shot list parties. But I think if <laughs> but I think if we could have had even more time and gotten maybe even our AD involved in more of that or like earlier on, perhaps for the scheduling yeah. side of it, like I think we could have been even more efficient. And that's just something, you know, we didn't have the luxury of. But a suggestion if you do, you know, say if you're quitting your full time job and you're just doing a production, you know, whatever it is, if you have that time, the luxury of that, take it because the more prepared you are, the more yeah. you know what you need versus what you want and how to schedule all of that efficiently, it's going to make you so much more efficient. It's going to get your days so much quicker. Yeah. Like, yeah, it'll be great. And then you'll have that wiggle room, you know, to play. Yeah. And just because you mentioned it, I want to point it out. And because this was something I struggled with for years is, is I need, I've always had a full-time job and I can't let it go <laughs> apparently. Um, but I like it. I, I work in the film industry now too, in post-production. But that being said, Tess and I both always had full-time jobs. We did this feature film having a full-time job, which is another thing I just I, I, I don't want to sound boasty in this podcast, but there's a lot of hard shit, to be frank, that yeah. a lot of people don't or can't do or think they can't do, and we did it. So that's why we're just going to be loud and proud on this podcast, because if you have a full-time and you're like, great, I'm going to have to give up my job for this, which is something I was freaking about like night and day, um, I just busted my ass at my full-time got them to love me and basically asked them if I could have some time off. Of course I needed time off. Um, and they luckily supported me in that role because as Tessa said, like we didn't have the luxury of time, but we did because we gave ourselves six months, like a hard, I would say you got to give yourself, I say as much time as possible, but I'm really proud of us for giving a hard six months of before shooting which is hard. Sometimes you want to just shoot really quick. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Like give yourself as much time. I think six months is great if you're doing custom costumes. Um, and that's, and things like that and the shot list, all of that. But I was staying up late. So those were like after long hour days at work and then still like doing the shot list party till late in the night. And the more time you have for pre-production, the yeah. more things that you can prepare for ahead of time. Because set is never, no matter how much you prepare, <laughs> it's never going to run according to plan. Right. Something is always going to go wrong. So you have to know that, you know, something's going to put you back time-wise a little bit. Or something's right. going to happen where you're not going to be able to get certain shots. Or somebody's going to get sick and not be on set. Like, whatever it is, 
just be as prepared as you can ahead of right. time and then you'll be able to handle it. You'll be able to figure out a solution for it. So the more time you give yourself in pre-production, the more prepared you're going to be, the more flexibility you have for more rehearsal and things like that that we don't always have the luxury of in filmmaking. Exactly. And we definitely did. That was part of, we, we had a couple rehearsals ahead of time. You're able to, that helps and helps for blocking. Um, that was interesting. So in our main apartment space, which where that's where we shot eight of our days. Let's get into that a little bit. We did an eight day shoot in the apartment. Um, that was challenging a little bit talking about the shot lists. We, we didn't have, we had one tech scout day. It wasn't the full team wasn't able to make it cause we're flying people in <laughs> like it's, it's hard. So we had these long conversations, but I think if you have more time to do like another tech rehearsal or something, take advantage because we had to learn quickly through the beginning of our shoot that, wow, some of our shots don't work in this space, but we didn't have time to edit that. And so we were doing the edit there. And that's something I think we could avoid like next time, I think is for a learning lesson is like, okay, if we really have a clear understanding of the space, let's do another edit. So we're not editing on set. Um, but I do want to commend David and Sabine. David Lee was our cinematographer and Sabine, our associate director, for being able to really work through together and not be too precious, cut we didn't need, or actually, like, I, I loved it when they supported me and would, would turn to me and be like, no, do you really want this, though? Like, we, we don't care about the time. It's, it's your movie. <laughs> like, tell me. And I... I found that to be so lovely because I just feel like you don't get that support oftentimes. Like mm -hmm. people just want to move, move, move and are like, this is my vision all of a sudden. And I really felt supported by my team and RAD too, Pam, we're going to go through our team and tell you all about them, but just, they were there to really support us. So I think moving forward, um, yeah, we, once we knew that was happening, we would then spend night after shooting or morning before shooting going through our shot list really quick so we didn't do that edit on set and that saved us a lot of time of just talking yeah. you want to avoid talking and also the other thing is when you're talking and you've hired a lot of people who are directors working as their jobs people start wanting to chime in and you want to just avoid that as a director because it's hard it's like they're offering maybe some good ideas and then I'm getting overwhelmed because I'm like wait what is the right choice now mm -hmm. So I think that's something I learned too, is like keep as many people, as minimal people in Video Village, because they're important, but like try to just, you and my core team, like know what's happening. So you don't have to ha like invite that. So that was something too, I think that helped us stay on time. And like something that I learned too, okay, this is how I'm gonna navigate this moving forward. Mm -hmm. So something I, I do wanna mention about our team too is, you know, we made sure that we kind of did like Zoom interviews with everyone before we officially hired them to, you know, make it clear what our expectations of them were, what their expectations of yeah. us in this project were. Um, of course, outlining all the things like pay and time commitment and all of that that you have to outline, um, but really just making sure that we meshed because we found that our entire team meshed really well. Like there was no drama. There was no like everybody got along, worked together well. Everybody pulled their weight. And it's really amazing to see that because that does not always happen. No, we were 
Yeah, everyone really um, said how happy they were on our set. Mm -hmm. I think aside from the success of filming, like our feature film, that was, I think, one of my favorite compliments was just how everyone loved being on our set, said this was the best set they have ever worked on, quoting, um, <laughs> not my words, theirs, um, but it was. And that it made me a little sad to hear that people struggle a lot to have healthy environments on sets because I just think you're doing something so amazing. Like, we work so hard to get to this point. Why do you want to have that energy, you know? So, mm -hmm. I, yeah, Tessa and I really took our time to have those interviews. Again, like, a lot of times was on my lunch break. Yeah. <laughs> like, just eating a sandwich, trying to get to know someone. But it was important that we did it. And, um, and your intuition, guys, listen to it. It will tell you who's right and who's not. Like, I was always... I was always right. <laughs> I was like, I know. I'm like, okay, let's swerve from this. But it listen to your gut and and go with it because it's gonna be so beneficial to have someone with really good energy who's excited. Maybe they don't have a big portfolio yet, but if they can demonstrate some skills, some reels, whatever, take a chance on them because they might take you further along than someone who has been doing this so long. They're kind of jaded. Maybe they're not excited. That's going to bring your set down, dude. Yeah. Like, don't do that. Yeah. So let's just introduce our team. They yeah. deserve the credit. And I would just like to say that I would recommend any of them for your set, too, if you're a filmmaker. So um, we bring have... bring that up. You know Whatever. Bring it up. Bring... Oh, bring yeah, it up yeah. into the lap. <clears throat> and she has some glasses on. Uh, yes, girl. Read <laughs> it. Slate it, girl. All right. We don't have Pam here for that. <laughs> All right. Our associate director, who flew, to, who flew in from Canada... We have Sabine Kawaji, our DP, David Lee, our AD, a.k.a. Slate Girl, Slate Girl, <laughs> Pam Mathieu, our script supervisor, Elise Kane Riley, and our other script supervisor for one day who started as a PA and got promoted, <laughs> Ryan Mercatete, um, AC, Sean Murphy, Gaffer, Tristan Agajanian, Grip, Ryan Jones, Sound, Jason Mobley, Production Designer, El Mizell, Costume designer, Mandy Bardis-Banian. DIT, Kim Labick. SFX Makeup, Kelly Ramos. PAs, Sarah Olson, Joshua Bishop, Maggie Gagliardi, Ryan Mercatante. BTS, Vlad Tassi. Stills, Bahare Ritter. So we had a team of like... How many people is that? I feel like, like it's like 15, 20, maybe 15 yeah. to 20, depending on how many PAs we have that day. Right. But once we started adding on like our BTS team and unit stills team, like that all kind of grew in it. Mm -hmm. It was, it, I say. It was bare bones, but like we had everything we covered. We had the key people yeah. covered. And that's something I think if you're worried about budget and stuff, ask your DP, who does he absolutely need? to make those shots that you want happen. And of course there's going to be a lot of back and forth conversation, but really appreciate for David understanding what the video was and bringing on people who could serve the vision and, and serve him. Yeah. You know, I mean, it really, that was important, you know, on our exterior days, for example, we had two exterior days and it was all guerrilla style shooting. So, you know, we yeah. are bare bones as few people as we can have like there on the street and then a few other people in like video village quote unquote which was like in a starbucks next door you know um yeah those days we really went really yeah. minimal and skeleton and i think um another thing key to point out with the mission of femme regard productions 
Um, our mission is to hire women in front of and behind the camera, give them more opportunities, that means. And we, if you didn't listen to the list of names, you could tell, like, we had the most amazing woman-led team. Like, this was really, I would say, 90% women, and I've not been on a set where I had that, and my God, it was the best time. It really is a very supportive Special, environment. Supportive environment. Know? Not that, like, love working with my dudes, but wow, it was truly amazing to have those ladies behind us, and, you know, we got to, like, dance it out sometimes. <laughs> have that that energy there that I think I don't often see and so it was so fun to have my ladies there and and David and his team they hype us up David like is the number one hype man let's um, fucking go, let's go. <laughs> he's he's the best so thank you to him and his crew that were supportive to us ladies because I know sometimes that you don't get that and you know gotta gotta it's I think sometimes you can learn end up butting heads when people don't want to listen to a woman like we've been there if you guys have been on sets you know so it's there's got to be respect on our set you know and that's I think everyone did or handled those yeah. challenges you know because it's like no you got to listen to who's in charge and who's talking so everyone did a beautiful job and so really really happy with the team we had and that we were able to do that and support mm -hmm. people a lot of them were first time feature film um, I wouldn't call them feature filmmakers, but well, I mean, a lot of people. It was their debut. Yeah, it was. First of all, a lot too. of them do a lot of other things on set, right? Like right. there were more than one director that were playing other roles on our set. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a lot of them. It was their first feature film, either in that role or all together. Yeah. So it was really cool, and that's something else to think about in your hiring process. Again, just just some advice, like. Those people want those opportunities to showcase their work in a feature setting. So you could find someone who's willing to work with your budget that's maybe greener, but again, proves themselves that you can trust them to deliver and get them to work with you because they're just excited. And I think that's what's cool is like everyone is so excited. So that really takes us to the next level and, and gets us what we need and, and the return gives them something. So this again, this is, mm -hmm. it takes a village in video village outside of video village here's the village the femme regard village that this yeah. is really everyone's feature and that's i think that's great advice too if you're a first-time feature filmmaker with a exceptionally low budget like we had is you know getting people excited about your project whether it's the script whether it's the fact that it's the first their first feature too you know whatever it is all building right. up and leading to that is going to make them more willing to work with you because you know maybe they're going to give you a discount maybe they're even going to totally volunteer their time maybe they're going to help connect right. you with other people you know like whatever they can do to help the more they're excited the more they're going to want to help and the more they're going to want to spread the word you know if you're right. crowdfunding or when you're pitching you know whatever so get your team excited it will pay off I promise <laughs> absolutely and just to be transparent our budget was 50k for production yeah so I again like we are here to be transparent that is low budget indie filmmaking that's literally nothing <laughs> like if you're not a filmmaker that might sound nothing. like an, a lot of money but it's, it's nothing it's nothing and we found that out but we weren't discouraged and again neither should you be like you could probably make I've we've heard people made it for less I don't know how 
And yes, we got people volunteering time to make it happen at that low budget. So you got resources to have free location, volunteers. You could maybe make it for less, but it is nothing. And and we made sure, by the way, everyone was being paid who agreed to be paid. We were making sure they were paid a fair minimum wage. If yeah. That was the case because no one should work under those circumstances for less than that. So that was really important. Um, food. Oh my God. Let's talk about the food. You know, <laughs> I heard something like we had Sabine taking BTS of all her food. Food makes such a big difference. It does. You can tell, you know, on the days whenever you have a really good lunch versus like in Mer lunch, like everybody talks about how good the lunch is when it's good. You know? Tessa, <laughs> producer Tessa was in charge of food and she killed it. I literally thought every day was amazing. Um, there were some days and I thought, I think it was funny. I feel like every single day we kept saying, oh no, this was their best food day. Yeah. Like, um, and everyone was really gracious to that. So yeah. don't skimp out on food, especially if you are paying people minimum wage or low budget. Um, because... you know, yeah, you have to think about like, how would you want to be treated if you're working for a 12 hour day for eight days in a row? Like right. it, you're going to be hungry. You're going to be exhausted. Right. <laughs> so like rules of rules of thumb are like always yeah. have like a hot lunch for your crew. You know, yeah. I mean, if you're doing two, like, half-hour lunches, maybe one can be sandwiches as long as they're really good sandwiches, and then the next one's a hot lunch or whatever. But, like, for us, we had one hour lunch in the middle of our day, right? So we wanted to make sure it was a good, hot, catered lunch. And catered can mean a lot of things. Like, we did have an actual caterer for a couple of days, but most of them were just, like, restaurant drop-offs, you know, in the big catering pans Yeah, it doesn't such. have to be a fancy catering service, Exactly. You can do it on a budget for sure. Um, try not to do pizza every day. We had one pizza day and we made sure that we had like salad and pasta to go with always. it and stuff too, you know. You always had a great job of having like greens. Exactly. So I always wanted it healthy. to be a healthy option. I always yeah. wanted to cover dietary restrictions. Make sure you check with your cast and crew about that. Mm -hmm. You know, all that stuff. You want to give people options because there's picky eaters out there. You want to make sure everybody's happy, <laughs> you know. And you want to make sure you have good crafty because that's what people are munching on all day long. You know, one, tw one, one hour lunch in a 12 hour day, like you're going to be hungry before and after too. Right. So you want to make sure that you've got filling food for crafty, that you've got healthy food for crafty, that you've also got junk food for crafty. Like you have to kind of spread yeah, the gamut yeah. and make sure you have a little bit of something for everyone, including drinks. You know, we had water, we had celsius which should definitely sponsor us the amount of fucking celsius energy drinks we drank girl and the bts girl <laughs> girl there was so we were like drinking celsius our associate director had to be banned at one i'm gonna be having like five of these a day she like od'd on celsius yes <laughs> so make sure people are are staying hydrated and yeah. not too caffeinated but, but caffeinated. we had gatorade too there you, you know go. coffee you lacroix like we had options. coolers like you got to think about that in your pre-production planning. Absolutely. And send out a dietary restriction email. Like yeah. really check on everyone. And I, again, was surprised to see people thank us just for those simple things. I'm like, guys, like, of course, <laughs> like, of course we're going to ask, like, are you okay? Or like, you know, so, yeah. um, that was, that was really, I think also a key to keeping people happy yeah. and working hard through the long day. I feel like that's really just like a general rule, like the more that you can show your team that you're thinking about mm -hmm. them, you know, and you want to take care of them, yes, the more they appreciate it and the harder they're going to work for you. Yes. And, you know, sometimes it's a simple thing is like, like it was important to us to send out the first call sheets, like 
before just the night before. <laughs> you know, while you're in filming, you have to, you can only send it out the night before because right. you have to see what time you even wrap that day, right? But like for that first day, it frustrates the hell out of me when it's like, I know it's the first day of a film shooting and I still don't get the call sheet until after midnight and I have to be on set at 8 a.m. Like, right. I, I hate that, you know? Yeah, so for us, too. like we were shooting on like our first day was on Sunday. So we sent it out on Friday. You know, it's just those little things that are pretty simple to take care of, really. You know, having good food, sending out the call sheet yes. early, making sure costumes yes. are covered for everybody and they know to arrive in hair and makeup or whatever the case is. Right. You know, it just, it shows that you care and you're thinking about these people and you're being professional and that makes them want to work harder for you. Absolutely. And work again for you. <laughs> That's a big thing. They actually want to work yes. with you again. Yes. Um, I want to pivot to talk a little bit about acting, directing, the the efficiencies there for doing eight days straight mm -hmm. and how also on in that sense, like while we're hot on set, what that was. Because again, Tess and I were taking on a lot of roles. Um, and I'm really grateful that Tessa could step up as producer. I learned as directing and acting, my producer hat is gone. Like it's not there. Like I cannot, I shouldn't also be in charge of props, costumes. Those were big learning lessons because when I'm, again, I was telling y'all like planning shots and making sure I also still know my lines that like go in everything. Cause I I'm doing it both that I learned, like I really need to delegate and not take on so much. But I think for our first feature, again, I'm, I I know, I feel like we had to do what we had to do. We did. We had to do what we had to do to pull <laughs> it off within our budget constraints. Yeah. Some things were last minute and we were learning. Like, I think we did a really good job pulling it off. But yeah, it taught us lessons that we know for next time to next make time. things slightly easier on, on us. And, and that's for everyone. Like, you know, if someone, if you're in a position where, you know, either costumes or production design, like they are for some reason can't help. They can't make it that day. Cause we've had, we were flexible with everyone's schedule. There's a couple people who had to be rotated, but they need a cover. And we learned that real quick. Like we can't again, take on more doing all of that. So it doesn't hurt to ask like, Hey, do you have an assistant that can fill in or, you know, there's a lot of people who want to learn again, mm -hmm. want to be on set and want to learn. And I'm sure if you just ask around, um, and again, it's hard to do things last minute. Like we had last minute people needing to attend festivals or whatever, you know, there's yeah. getting sick. There's things that happen. Um, well, that happened to us that our PAs were able to step up yeah. several times because, um, for instance, like our scripty had a film that she had created was in a film festival. So she had to leave a little, a little early. And so she taught our PAs how to take over for her while she was gone. And then poor girl got COVID on our last day of filming. So she wasn't able to make it, but our PA for that day knew how to scripty. So he stepped up and I told him he got promoted that day, you know, or like PA stepping in to help with AD duties because yeah. a lot of sets have a first and second AD and we only yeah. had one. So, you know, yeah. never be afraid to A, ask your PAs, hey, do you want to learn how to do this? Can you help with this? or if they already have experience in the area, or if you're that PA, don't be afraid to ask like, hey, can I watch you? Like, can I shadow you? Can I learn how to do this from you? Because it's only gonna benefit everybody. <laughs> I, I think that gets slept on the most, and that would be my biggest advice is don't shy away from PAing, if, especially on a set you really wanna be on, like ours, you know? But in general, if there's a, a filmmaker you wanna, a director you wanna get in touch with and work on, or you wanna grow into different, production roles, PA can get you there. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. especially on a small set like ours, 
nine times a 10, everyone's doing more than one thing. So you can learn so much and you can network and like work with other, like our team is already hiring each other for other things, like already as we speak. Yeah. So that goes to show, you know, you're not just a PA, you're not just a scripty, you're not just an AD, like you can really... And, and even if you learn to thrive in that role, why not get more work and like get to be on other people's set? That's so cool. So well, I mean, it's like we've talked about all yeah. the time as like an actor versus like any crew role really is yeah. like the more you know about it, the better you're going to be at your job because you're going to know what they need. They do and what they need. Yeah. So we learned that again, if it's like you're in charge of something and you can't make it, we need to get someone to to do it like we can't take it on and we need to find someone else who's willing to step in and thank god our, we had an amazing team that really stepped up and went to bat for us yes in those moments i think by the way while we're shouting out how amazing our team is let's talk about the talent side of our team as well because we talked about the crew yeah so let's do some shout outs so um on our studio day back in june we had nikki son of tech nikki speaking we had katie o'hagan of the resident evil franchise we had Helene Yudi from Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, and they all came in and, you know, just killed it in these voiceover and pot, like video podcast scenes. Mm -hmm. And it was so exciting for us because we hadn't really begun official production yet, but that was like really our first day, you know, and just getting to work with everyone. Right. Really it was cool. Really cool. Everyone that like shines in this film. Yes. They really do. Yes. And then once we moved into the studio, or I'm sorry, once we moved into the apartment, um, we had Shivnil Singh, who came all the way from New Zealand to be in our movie. Yes. Um, and he ended up also doubling as a PA one day on set. So it just goes to show you, you know, everybody, that's that's indie filmmaking for you. All everybody has to, yeah. We also had Kelly Lou Dennis, who came in for like literally two shots on like the last day. Yeah. Had to sit through all this special effects makeup just for these two quick shots. But you know what? She gave it 110% and it shows. You know, and we're so, so grateful. Good. Exactly. Absolutely. So good. And then we moved on to our exterior days, which, by the way, were two like eight ish hour days in the hundred degree weather of Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little warm out today. Just a little. Just, yeah. yeah. Just 90s. You know? Just like upper 90s, you know? Concrete jungle of downtown LA. In the future. In the future. But hey, we killed it, and with the help of our amazing talent, Adam Nail, Elena Wickham, Maggie Gagliardi, Joshua Bishop, Shivnil Singh, Kaylee Frazier, Brian Kelly, Yonit Ben Shlomo, Drew Alo, Sarah Olson, and Josh Markle. And they all just rolled with it, you know? I mean, some of them got one take and that's all we needed some of them had to run around in circles <laughs> 10 times like got the shot you know we had a little bit of everything but everybody just rolled with it and i'm very yeah. gracious that they wanted to come help us out yes and then our last day in the black void studio we brought back kelly lou dennis who was falling down on the hard floors crawling around covered in special effects makeup like girl gave it everything and Sheesh. Ugh, star and then we also had, uh, exactly. And then we also had Ivyanna Harris, who this was her first day on set, not counting the studio day. Yeah. And, you know, she sat, she was very patient all day with us when we were a little, running a little bit behind. But then, you know, she came on and just killed it and completely 
just sold her character. Yeah. You know, she told her entire character story. I feel like in just those. My, my favorite. Scenes. I didn't even tell you about this, but I got a DM from our stills unit stills photographer, and she was just saying like, "Oh, when Hannah delivered those lines about our messages about toxic friendship, she's like, that just hit me, dude." And I'm like. I love hearing that, like, the words and the way our actors are telling the story is yeah. making it relatable, and we're just so excited for you guys to see their wonderful performances, because Director Me is very happy with them. I knew I could trust them to work like us, like, mm -hmm. very efficiently. This is what I want to get back to with us just not having a lot of time to do takes, and so us being prepared and just trusting. Yeah. Um, I feel like we impressed our team. <laughs> because <laughs> I think they were expecting these we would have pages for some scenes which isn't typical you want to keep typically rules of writing a scene within a page half a page <laughs> like depends on how quickly but to have like a scene that's really like two pages two to three two and a half that's that's a that's long that's really long and Tess and I would be on it we would know where the beats are going and we would know like we would nail our lines so we wouldn't I think people are sometimes a little nervous that these longer scenes would mm -hmm. have a lot of okay we got to pick it up again because there's someone dropped their line or you know things like that and I'm really impressed that we were able to show everyone that we can do it but also with the very intense scenes that we had that we can go zero to a hundred real quick yeah. <laughs> the amount of hyperventilating that happened on this set. <laughs> Carolina's character is this anxiety-ridden girl. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, who wrote this? <laughs> Why am I like stressed out hyperventilating in almost every scene? No, yo, like this is something to think about when you're scheduling scenes. And something we didn't, we did a great job when we were scheduling, like, all right, the the areas of the apartment that we could use so we can move video village around efficiently and you know hair and makeup, hair and makeup and we did back and such, forth. yeah a great job nailing that which is part of the pre-production process like there was a makeup tracker there was a production design tracker there was all these project management trackers so we could be on it but the one thing we didn't know of was the emotional intensity of some of these scenes and doing it back to back Girl, the first day, like, I was hyperventilating in every single scene. I was getting so lightheaded, but we do what we do. <laughs> I mean, at one point, Carolina literally almost vomited on me, and I was yeah. like, just keep going. If you vomit on me, I'll wash it off. <laughs> I was like, nope, not doing that. Not today. Not today. It could have been a great exorcist moment. I'm just It saying. really could have, but I was like, that's not the film I'm making. <laughs> but yeah, that was that that day specifically was literally like our second to last day. It was a late night. There was blood everywhere. We fake had blood. Fake blood. <laughs> I was <laughs> maybe a little bit of real blood. I don't know. Blood, I don't know. Mostly I don't fake. know, maybe. <laughs> and then I'm like gagging myself at the same time. I wanted to puke. Like I was so tired. I was like, I, I don't even know. Like my body just wants to that. But we didn't. <laughs> it was close, but we didn't do it. But yeah, I think I learned if you're direct in acting, um, check check on that. <laughs> check on the emotion. Tessa. Yeah, there was like another day where we did a really intense scene and Tessa's like all creepy. And again, we impressed everyone. We like locked in because they thought we were going to start laughing. 
<laughs> they're like, oh, because Tessa has to do something really intense to me. And they're like, they're, they're going to probably start laughing because they're already giggling at the idea. And, and nope, we went there. They're all scared as fuck now. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, shit. But then I had to pick up that same scene in the morning because it transitioned from night to morning. And I my character would wake up with still those same feelings and intentions of where I was going with it and oh my god so I had to start the next day again out of 10 like freaking the fuck out almost crying like all of that and that was that was a lot I mean it's a reminder to you as an actor if you are an actor listening right now to find out what works best for you to prepare and again most efficiently like that's the word of the day is efficiency you know but like like for me I need to feel that emotion in my body but I don't need to necessarily like go away from everybody and like be just immersed in that like I can be literally having a full conversation with you but as long as I'm in whatever fucking mood that is but I'm just talking to you about whatever the day is but I'm in that mood Mood. you know what I mean like you just whatever works for you some people don't even have to be they're just all of a sudden they're on you know other people do need to like get away in another room whatever works for you so that you can just when they're rolling and they say action be on it yeah it's it's something to communicate to a director Mm -hmm. so for me I'm directing myself right (laughs) and so I would like go go over the blocking and then I had to remind myself that it's okay to take 30 seconds to get into it because I had to wear a director hat and now I have to be Isla again and it was a lot but I'm really proud that I was able to just like tap in and, and well, get there. We really pulled it off too because yeah. I think we only did like two or three takes per shot most most yeah. of the shots, you know? And I mean you always want at least two takes per shot so you have safety for camera, but mm-hmm. I, that's pretty good. It's I pretty think, damn good. I think we were pretty uh, pretty quick, pretty on it, pretty a game, pretty one take. One take, you know? And that was something I, I learned throughout too. My most if I tapped in emotionally, my best take, I personally would feel beyond the first, but you got to camera happens, you know, things happen. So I had to like tell my team at times, like, we know, like, I know you're doing your best you can, but we need to roll because I'm going to lose this whole thing I just built up. If we have to take five minutes to reset something like that's not okay. <laughs> like I said, friends, like, we had to speed up because I am like, or I'd have to just keep breathing because I had to keep breathing with these hyperventilating scenes like mm-hmm. it was it was a lot but it was fun I like you know yeah. I enjoyed the challenge um but yeah I was like okay I need the next film for me to not be having a panic attack I that reminds me of something too that I think you should never be afraid to check in with your team about whether it's <laughs> whether it's you know yes the actors with their emotions like You know, if you're the director, do you need more time? Do you need a second? Do you, whatever, you know? I I didn't have someone doing this for me, but, like, I think uh, Elise spoke up. She's like, you know, like, there's something we need to, like, be aware of for you is, like, you just had an intense scene, and you don't have a come down moment. Like, Mm -hmm. you need a, and so sometimes I would give myself, like, I would have to step away because it was just so intense. My body was, like, literally vibrating in that emotion, and I don't want to, like, I'm crying. I'm literally, like, just crying and still, like, chatting with someone. And they're like, I, and I'm like, I just, I, we need to keep rolling. Yeah. So, yeah, I think check on your actors, mm-hmm. man. Like, I mean, I, I had to work with myself and give myself that time if I need it, really needed it. But we were moving quick. And that's the thing. I told our team, like, Tessa knows, like, we, we move quick. We're okay. Yeah. Like, we're not babies about it. 
but it's not about being babies. It's like, it's a lot of emotion, Yeah, you know, like, but that's kind of the other side of the coin too, is, you know, if you're the director and you see the, you know, DP and gaffer want to move some lighting around or whatever to check in with them too. Like, okay, why do you need to do this? Or is this necessary? Or like, what are we accomplishing by this? Because sometimes they have this right. really great idea and it really, we really should listen and let them move this light around. Sometimes it's like, okay, we're already running three hours behind and I know you want to get a little more light in her eyes, but we're not even fully seeing her, you know, like exactly. you just got to figure out what's, what's a need and what's a want. Right. And, and I love that. Like, women as directors sometimes it's not a fun place but you got to do it <laughs> you got to check or ask your ad to check if you don't want to be that person creating any like conflict that's kind of what they're there for is to help you navigate those situations um and yeah i think that was a, a, a great learning lesson too it's like all right when did i need to like speak up and be like all right can we just please just let's just go <laughs> like yeah. if it's not if it's not hurting the shot we love how it looks let's just keep moving but that's because and but you gotta know like tess is saying everyone is doing it because they have a vision they want to be part of the process so it's it's important to create like communicate that healthily and like in a way that they understand like you you love what they're doing but sometimes we just need to roll um yeah so directing and acting it was a whirlwind um but it was it's doable yeah. and it was fun and it was crazy i would literally <laughs> be doing my makeup and hair. Oh, okay we did our own hair and makeup too for the most time for the most part and um yeah so it's also that but again that cut i was telling tessa like the makeup I spent on myself was like probably one makeup artist day rate, you know? So it was an investment for us to just, you know, we just got to do what you got to do. And that's how we save some money, you know? It's about, I mean, that's what indie filmmaking is, you know, finding what corners you can cut mm -hmm. and what things you can't skimp on. Like special effects makeup. We're exactly. like, we're not doing that. Like exactly. it needs to really sell the film. Like let's get some wine, let's invest. But we communicated that with our makeup artist, who she has such um, shout out to Kelly Ramos. She has such great experience and knew the different ways. This is a tip. Taught when you're communicating to a makeup artist and, and trying to figure out if they're going to work with your budget, ask them to give you a low, medium, and a high. So what's the lowest way, the, the cheapest way to do this? Mm -hmm. What's the medium way? What's the high way? And that's how you can tell, A, if they're experienced, and B, you know, where you're comfortable spending that money. And I found out that a lot of the low-budget stuff really worked for us yeah. because we're considering doing a very specific mold for, um, for our actor's scar. And then we realized that that mold would be heavy on her face and then would actually not work with her acting because it'd be distracting. Now she has this big thing on her face. She has to do some fun twitching. <laughs> oh, oh, we make everyone do all oh, the twitch. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> everyone crushed it and that's my vision and I really appreciate everyone for listening. Carolina made it. me get a close-up of this twitch because I had to mirror the twitch also. In every scene, I'm going to be this extreme close-up. <laughs> Oh yeah. That's what it felt like. <laughs> I was like, girl, keep going. It looks so good. And I can't wait for you guys to hopefully see the hidden meaning behind that. Um, but yeah, the, the, like it would have been so distracting. So I think again, like t talk, have these conversations yeah. and that's just something to, to share when it comes to makeup. Like 
still the way she was able to do it was oh it just sells the whole movie like we got our money shots that way for sure and I feel like to some degree that goes for any any position that's going to be buying stuff you know like your production designer props costumes all of that is like let them know of course clearly yeah yeah clearly what their budget is they have to know that anyway but then you know what things are you more willing to skimp on versus what things does it it has to look this certain way it has to be of this certain quality you know and let them know like hey as many things as you can return we don't need to keep any of this if that's, that's the case yeah like, you know whatever it is that's going to help save you money but also deliver the vision that you have in your head right. communicate that to them clearly because if they're like oh you need a, a prop knife but you're not seeing it up close so like I can just get this cheap rubber rubber one versus oh you need a prop knife that you're gonna see being stabbed into somebody and that's a close-up you need something that looks really real things like that you know just communicate that to them like yeah. what exactly you need from them and it's their job to figure out the most cost cost efficient way to get the look that you want yeah I think um that to your point you literally should do that with everything you Mm -hmm. know everything could have a low budget a medium budget and figure out what you just said you really need what you don't need so that was that was a big I think helpful um way for us to stick to budget (laughs) and not go over and guys you're always gonna end up spending more so be prepared things come up things cost more that's why a contingency fee is in like built into your budget because that's literally just extra money that you are setting aside knowing that you're gonna go over cost in something you're always gonna do guys always (laughs) like so build that contingency yeah I think that's really important I know for us like we went a little more than we were expecting on crafty we went a little more on parking than we were hoping to we went you know there's just a few things that just keep adding up and it didn't devastate us it didn't you know we're not bankrupt you know but like it was more than we anticipated spending so just know that that's going to happen and for us because we did build that contingency fee in we still came in under that so far at least so (laughs) you know you just got to prepare for that that. and plan for that yeah let's chat about our fun exterior days those two days real quick (sighs) the hot two days we had guys so our first day was in three locations in downtown LA. Um, one was a street scene. One was by the Disney Concert Hall. If you guys aren't familiar, it's a really cool looking building. So perfect for the sync world. And the last one was the Grand Park in um, in downtown. The Grand Park. Is that what it's called? Grand Park. Grand Park. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, three hot locations, a lot of move, a lot of our extras that Tessa listed off earlier were there, as she mentioned. So it, it was a lot. And, you know, it's moving parts because A, different people were called to different locations, right? So we had to yeah. make sure that we got to that next location when those other people were meeting us right. on time. B, you have, because we were shooting guerrilla style, you know, you have a few people on the street or street, wherever it is, you know, right there, like filming it and then you have the rest of your team over in like the Starbucks across the street you know making sure everybody's in communication making sure everybody is in the shade drinking water on these hot days making sure everybody's on time making sure everybody finds the parking parking costs I mean again we're full community moves in downtown LA parking everywhere is at least ten dollars like at least 
<laughs> and like having a safe space for everyone to rest, to change, to yeah. use the bathroom, stay in the shaded area. Tess and I scouted twice to make sure like we knew where we were going. And again, we things always come up, right? Like for the Grand Park one, we had bathrooms scouted and then they were cleaning them when we were filming. So like we couldn't even use them. <laughs> oh, joys. Like there's, yeah, things happen. And, but we managed to do this super gorilla style. We wrapped last Sunday. Um, we're back to work. Uh, we're, I am moving. This is all happening in real time. So you're getting real us because we felt it was important to film this yeah. episode as soon as possible because it's so fresh. <laughs> My God. Oh, by the way, today's a hurricane in LA and we, oh, yeah. Tessa commuted here. So we're committed to Femmergard. I mean, listen, we figured if there's going to be 70 mile an hour winds, we already shot desert flowers in that. Yeah, we so. were like, God, we know it. Hurricanes <laughs> and storms and horses level thing check out desert flats okay um but, okay when we went gorilla filmmaking right yeah yeah so yes we did this with minimal crew minimal equipment to get by okay because it's possible even in la to do mm -hmm. this kind of shit and we did it in downtown LA, y'all. We did it in downtown. I wouldn't too. necessarily recommend that unless you need to, but it was important for our vision of the world, you know. And hey, we got away with it. We had no issues. Nobody yelled at us. No, no tickets. No, no. camera. <laughs> Key thing is, don't have your camera on sticks. So we did have one guy gently remind us that we're like, okay, cool, cool. We'll we'll move that. And our poor David really stepped up and held that camera all day. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, literally, there's hot running scenes, so I'm running around. He's running with me. Um, but yeah, we got everything. We got to do it in front of those. Again, this is because we also scouted it, though. So again, mm -hmm. scout every location. I brought David with me, and we're like, we were eyeing like the Disney concert hall, and we're like, hey, this is fine. There's literally someone doing a full blown photo shoot right now, and no one cares. So just feel it out. And you'll get a feeling, and again, always listen to your gut. And I just felt like we were gonna be fine, um, and and we were, because it's a lot. You you feel like you're risking a lot, and it can be scary. But do your research to scout. Yeah, and ask people that have done it, because yeah. you know, for the second day, we had car scenes, right? So we're inside the car. <laughs> we have one of our actors driving. Carolina's in the back seat. And, you know, we're driving around her neighborhood. And one of the things David said, because we were deciding where to put him with the camera, was like, no, I have to stay in the backseat. Because if while we're driving, a, a police car drives by and sees me backwards in the front seat, he could pull us over. So it's just knowing little smart things like that, that it's like... Keeps us safe. Exactly. Avoids any issues. And that was also... That, that was day two. Yeah, that was really interesting. But... Oh my God, it looks so much better to have the car actually moving. And mm -hmm. so you got to find a safe way to do things and just be creative and, and open to listening to, like you said, your team members that can, should be able to help you face those challenges. Yeah. Cause again, this is, you know, low budget indie filmmaking. Like if we were a studio film, we would have been in a stationary car with a green screen behind us probably, yeah. you know, or the running scene, which I'm not going to spoil what happens with my character in the scene, but I will say that it's something that probably also would have been like a VFX thing that we did practically, you know? Yeah. So you got to figure out those shortcuts and how to make things when work. When you're low budget. Yeah. Speaking of VFX, like, I'm really proud we managed to do most of our VFX, um, like on screen stuff practically. And that was just literally making graphics, have them present, finding a way to have the screen like positioned properly. 
Um, and that is going to save us a lot of time in the edit, I think, and money-wise. So we were also very prepared to do those kinds of things that um, really add up to the budget later on. And we're not, we're not a big studio budget, but we want our special effects to look cool. Um, and yeah, I'm really proud of us for, for making those exterior days work because it really sets the world of sync. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be in our, um, the last stuff that David and I shot were just exterior B-roll and establishing wides of the city. So David and I literally found a bridge in LA that we knew which perspective to shoot at and get like these cool scenes that I'm so excited for you guys to see that really set the stage for sync. Yeah. And there, maybe our VFX guy could play with some of like amplifying the tech in the world and stuff. But we really, we really got everything we could practically, and I'm really proud of yeah. us for doing that. Including also our Black Void Studio scenes. You know, oh, I yeah. mean, we pulled that off by our studio. Um, you might recognize it as the Bat Cave from Dark Knight, by the way. Um, yeah. But it's, it's it's all blacked out on the walls, and then cement floors, and then the ceiling is all of these different lights. Like you can program them to do all sorts of different cool things. So me and our AD Pam. Put two Virgos on the task and you will get it done perfectly, I promise you. <laughs> Had to cover the entire floor in black backdrop paper. Oh, bless you um, guys. Which sounds like just kind of an annoying task, but like it was so difficult because we had to make sure everything was completely straight and flat because you would have seen on camera, you know, yeah. but got it done. So we had everything blacked out. And then our DP, David, really had to figure out, you know, how to adjust the framing for things because we have these overhead lights, but... We want them to create an effect. We don't want to actually see the lights, right? And this room, work. by the way, is yeah. like maybe seven feet tall, but it was very short. It felt I was very surprised. small. Yeah. So figuring <laughs> that out, like, I don't know how he pulled all of that off, but he did. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, that was a challenge. But again, I think for us, I, I was inspired by the film Under the Skin and Stranger Things did this too. If you guys remember in the when she gets sucked into the other world um, and her like mind, those memories and dreams that she's having, I wanted the same look. So all I was doing my research on how they built those sets because I was like, we're going to have to try and figure out a way to do this practically ourselves. Otherwise, mm -hmm. VFX is going to cost a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and so... We, we set out to find that stage with a bright light source that had the infinite blacks. And something else that we thought we could save on money-wise was we have a whole like car accident moment in this dream scene. And rather what we originally thought we'd try to replicate that in real life somehow. I was like, okay, how can we- We were just gonna have a stunt driver just... on Mulholland Drive at night in I the rain. It was, it was fine. It was fine. No, yes, we would have figured something out, but I was like, we don't have the budget for that. We're at a max, like, and that sounds scary. <laughs> like, you know, so um, we, we set out to do it in this dream space and just find these little elements to heighten it. So our PD grabbed from a junkyard car parts, which by the way, cost money surprise yeah you can't just like go pick those up like you gotta buy like, them off how? somebody and find how to dispose of them because we were not allowed to put them in the dumpster at the and end take of the it year. off an actual <laughs> damaged car yeah 
Like, yeah, you were talking. Yeah, she got to the junkyard, and the guy was like, well, no, you could, you got to get it off the car. And she was like, what? And another guy just came and helped her, thank God. But, yeah, you know, it's, like, sourcing these materials, like, it can be tricky, but it really... But it's so cool, you yeah. know, like, we made it happen. And so she brought these car it. parts, we demolished them on set, and we got fake glass and really set, like, this stage. Literally used our own extra spare t- car tires yeah. to do this. Um, and it really sells like the moment, you know, you gotta also think about the edit. So I know I'll have really amazing sound effects to really amplify what's happening here, but shit, like throw some, throw some smoke, get some car parts. I was like, this is already so cool. And like, I think you viewers will be able to understand what's happening. Um, so yeah, like very minimal things, but I think those were the things we knew we needed to invest in. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, well, it's either VFX later on, which I don't really know what I want in that space to like sell it or just find something practically. And I think that's the biggest, I think, lesson. Like if you could do it practical, do it. Yeah, that's that. So the, yeah, that was our last shoot day at the Black Void studio. And now we're on to post-production. <sighs> My God. <laughs> Literally um, a big thing too uh, that we learned was how important it is to have a script supervisor, Mm -hmm. especially if you're acting and directing and doing the most, because they're literally taking notes on, um, the, on their own papers and however they're doing it of what takes you liked, what was happening in each scenes that I can, I don't have to worry now that I have to tell the editor all that stuff. Like it's already been documented. I know I have some notes to give him, but ooh, easy handoff. Yeah. They do so much more than I realized. Like yeah. I thought it was really just all about like continuity, but it's so it's much more that. than that. So much more. So they keep track you, of all of that and they keep track of, yeah, like you were saying, like all the details that the editor is going to need to know. So when we hand all of, all of the drives off to the editor, so he has all of the actual, the film, yeah. <laughs> he'll know, you know, which takes we want and which takes you know, are going to match up with the sound and which just all of that's laid out for him. He doesn't even have to think about it. He just has to put it together. (laughs) I know. And so we're excited to hand off close to 24 terabytes of footage. Um, If you are new to this, going to learn about terabytes and storage and it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. A lot of calculations. But um, if you are curious and do understand a bit of that world, we did about two terabytes a day of filming. Some days less, so that was cool. So we definitely, I want to say, are under the 24 terabyte. Um, and because uh, we're doing good on, on how much we we're filming in space. But be prepared to spend some money on drives and, and add that to your budget. And do those calculations so you're kind of aware <laughs> of what you're doing. And camera specs, talk to your DP, all of that. So we're we're in good hands now to pass this along to our editor. Begin post. Can't wait to share more with you guys about that when we're really in it. Um, yes. But we're like about to be really in it. <laughs> yes. And if you want to be a part of the Fem Fam and really get involved with our journey, make sure that you are following us on social media. We are at FemRegard on Instagram. We're also on Facebook, FemRegard Productions. We're on YouTube if that's not where you're watching us right now. All the mod- all the major podcast platforms are on website femregard.com and sync has its own Instagram at sync the movie. So make sure you're following us on all of those. If you would like more 
more exclusive content, you can join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash femregard, yes. where for as little as $5 a month, you can help support us and get all kinds of exclusive content. Which we just dropped recently. Great behind the scenes. Um, really taking you from our our whole filming process. Um, I wouldn't say process. Just highlighting every shoot day that we've had and kind of the behind the scene video footage of that that we got. Shout out to Vlad and Bahare for capturing such incredible behind the scenes. Oh, we're going to have another episode on that and how crucial it is mm -hmm. to have that kind of stuff rolling. And I think it really hyped our team up more. And I hope you guys had hyped you up to see what we're doing with Sync. Yes. And if you are new here, yes, follow us. There's so much more that we haven't yet revealed. And, and so much more to come, which, yeah. by the way, again, if you're feeling generous, we are still accepting donations to finish out funding for post-production and everything that comes after post. All the marketing, all mm. the film festivals. Mm. Like, that's... Mm. All a lot of money, trust me. So we can use every dollar, every penny. If you're interested, link in bio on our Instagram to support us through PayPal or just message us. You know, we're happy to share. We're happy to let you guys know where we're at. If you're interested in like investing or being a sponsor on our podcast, you know, any of that sort of thing, we're open to all of it. But we're just really grateful that you guys are listening and yes. supporting us. And we love you. And we can't wait to show you soon. It's good to be back, y'all. Stay tuned for more. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to FemRegard Podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in every Friday for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals. We can only grow with your support, so please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also join the FemFam on Patreon. For more on us, check us out at FemRegard.com.